0: Sure. The music explorers podcast. all right welcome to say sure the music explorers podcast i'm elaine i am scoop Magoot. scoop Magoot. uh so uh god where do you even start today because i was pretty much just ready to talk about some fella cootie and then uh you know, you sent the depressing news that uh, McCoy Tyner passed away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair, like, not unexpected. He's pretty way. old. I don't
1: remember the actual... Or a- his a- age.
0: 81. I have his Wikipedia page. Yeah. up right now. 81 years old. So, like, yeah. And considering what just musicians in general do to their bodies, it, it's still... It, it's just amazing.
1: Um, Which just kind of interesting know, to think about, like, the, the OG jazz scene. You know, like, when you listen... Nowadays, this music is in such a different context where it's, like, you know, sophisticated music. But, you know, these guys were rock stars in their own right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Certainly, you know, I mean, obviously, we've talked before about Miles Davis, you know, literally stepping away from music um, for a period, partially because of his, you know, his struggle with addiction. So,
0: Well, I don't know if it was that because he didn't really, like... I mean, he he did a lot of cocaine, and yeah, I think he, even even after he was back, I, I think he 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 liked he liked his powder, uh, <laughs> if you will. He, he 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 liked to have snowball fights, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, I, but let, 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 let's talk about McCoy Tyner. <laughs> no, I
1: I am really glad that I said something that prompted you to make a cocaine joke. I gotta be honest, that's really fucking funny. Yeah. Well, you know um, me.
0: I, I'm I'm just I'm just full of cocaine jokes, apparently. <laughs> so,
1: but I, I would say what's what's unfortunate about uh, McCoy is that I, I own uh, the real McCoy. That's the only album of his I own, and I, I just was listening on Apple Music. The they for some artists they do essential playlists, and he was a great pianist and a great band leader. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like even on, um. The albums where he was just a band leader, he wasn't just doing solo piano or out in the front. Uh, he really did a great job letting everyone else breathe. You know, all of the songs felt like everyone was because a lot of times whoever the band leader was, you feel you felt like that instrument overpowered. And I guess just mm. for me, especially on the Real, Real McCoy and some of the other songs I was listening to in preparation for this episode, I just didn't feel that. I felt like everyone had their time to shine, and it was really balanced. And um, I think you know. I started by saying the unfortunate part, and for me, what's unfortunate is I feel like he's not—he's um, not at the upper echelon. Like when you're first looking into jazz, at least for my yeah. for my journey, he was—you know, there there were waves of me buying a lot of jazz classics. Obviously, starting with you know Miles Davis and John Coltrane, then going to people like Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock, and just eventually I got to McCoy. Um, I really wish that he was more. At least from my vantage point, a little bit more celebrated because I think he's he's excellent. You know, obviously, I believe he recorded quite a bit with Coltrane, but yeah, you know, I don't know if that's his. You know, that's as apparent to, you know, the average the, listener. So.
0: You know, th- that's... When you sent that uh, link over, that was the first thing I noticed, that they always put something with Coltrane in the title. Yeah, he's intrinsically linked with, you know... Yeah. For better or worse. It, it, and so, you know, I, I, I'm looking through his discography right now because, I mean, to, to be honest, really, the only McCoy-tyner around i listen to is, is The Real McCoy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't even own it. Uh, and it, it's nothing against the guy at all. I've just, like... I, I, there's just so many fucking jazz musicians out there, man. Yeah, for sure. Like, and it's... I, I, I feel like it's more extensive than any other genre of music. Because, like, you know, w- w- when you have a rock band, like, usually the band just kind of stays together. They don't all have their own solo albums. Mm-hmm. But, like, most jazz musicians around this time have not only their own solo albums but also albums that they're doing as sidemen mm, with yeah. other you know people leading and it's just like it's it's a lot it's it's a lot of stuff and like it's it's just it's just a lot to take in so you know i and i think you know that this is probably my own fault here you know probably um my own blind spot if you will to make a callback to last week but um that i sort of have stuck with a lot of more of like the main jazz men of the time so like you know herbie hancock the wayne shorters the davises the coltrane's uh freddie hubbard i i, I would even put up there mm-hmm. you know uh very rarely have i like gone into other uh people you know um uh, like i'm looking right now like like hank mobley like i i actually there are a couple of good hank mobley albums that i really like but like you know, I I'm I'm not really that well versed with a lot of them, so, um, yeah. That that being said though, so, uh, you know, I had no idea that McCoy Tanner was on so many Coltrane albums because for some reason I I thought that he had uh that Coltrane had sort of like uh eliminated the need for a pianist, but I I I think I'm conflating that with Ornette Coleman. Um. Because you you know after a while Ornette just didn't have a piano <laughs> in in his lineup at all, uh, but I think I'm I think I'm I'm mixing it up with um, uh, Elvin Jones mm-hmm. on drums because they he stopped, I, yeah that's what I'm thinking of because because Rashid Ali took over for 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 him, um, so I'm I'm sort of mixing those things up so I didn't think that he was on all these albums but. You know i just it you bring up a really good point though that he has a really great way of playing of just sort of uh making sure that everything's accounted for in a way which in a way could be the reason why he's not as well remembered maybe as some other pianists um which is kind of weird if you, if you if you get what i mean like it's 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 not like he's like fight he's like really fighting for like a spot at the top in a way
1: yeah and i also feel like um you know obviously there aren't a ton of of drummer um band leaders obviously max roach sticks out um just Art blakey be- yeah but just because and i think uh you know bass you have charles mingus and there are
0: several pianists but Ron Carter, too. Yeah, Many pianist Bill yeah. Evans is the one I always think of. But I feel like in a lot of endure, enduring
1: jazz from this period, um, those instruments, in a way, I don't want to say went in the backdrop, but they almost were part of just kind of the core structure of the sound. And then you would mm-hmm. have, you know, sax and trumpet, and, you know, those instruments would be the, the real flashy instruments flashy instruments at the forefront
0: so maybe that's it as well i i I think that's definitely part of because i mean there's i I mean part part of that has to do with sort of the way jazz has been received Mm -hmm. you know since its inception you know that like you you know like like the the first cool guy in jazz was like you know like lester young probably you know and Mm -hmm. and, like everybody just saw that and they were like fuck he's cool and like you know so it's just like having like that it's 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 like the jazz version of like lead guitarist. Like <laughs> n- nobody gives a shit about the rhythm guitarist. <laughs> like it's, I, I, I it, it's sad but true. Yeah. In a way, I, I honestly, my my mind just goes to um to Metalocalypse because because Toki Bortooth was was the rhythm guitarist and he was like always really good at what he did but like he never got the credit for it yeah exactly (laughs) oh my god that show is so great yeah oh man uh but yeah I mean you do bring up a good point though that like it does often feel like piano gets relegated to the back in a way uh I mean there are obviously like exceptions I mean I already said Bill Evans, but I mean Monk is probably the best. Yeah, or, and uh, Her- 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 Oscar Peterson, Hancock as well. I mean, obviously, Herbie he, Hancock he, he yeah. took it in a different direction as well. Yeah, um, oh, who was I just thinking? Of? Art Tatum. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of two. Um, you know, there, there are a bunch of piano players out there who just really, you know, sort of had their own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and isn't to say that McCoy Tyner didn't. It's it's just that you know I I, I think. Uh, when, when you have a weirdo uh like monk you know I, I think it's kind of hard um to kind of you know find some way to top that I guess mm-hmm. or n- not top but like you know it's I guess in a room that's filled with noise it's tough to make your own voice heard mm-hmm. unless you're unless you're either the loudest person or you're making the strangest noise <laughs> yeah for sure no, that's a great so, way to put it um, um yeah, so I I really I don't have much to say here. You know, it, it sucks. I mean, it's it's apparently it's the last of Coltrane's quartet uh, that's finally passed. That's so, I was wondering that, and and that's kind of related to I guess my, my personal
1: final thought is I feel like we're we're approaching the end of an era. You know, Pharaoh Sanders is
0: getting really old. Um, we've been approaching it for a long time.
1: Yeah, um, but but it just it feels like it, it's it's getting more. Like, I was just thinking about the fact that I feel like we're running out of these kind of big names that, you know, are are left. And I think eventually this this the first wave of, um, you know, the first wave of great jazz band leaders is gonna
0: mm, going to be... first wave was, like, the people who were taken way too early. You know, like, Lee Morgan getting shot, like, mid-concert or whatever. Or uh, Charlie Parker ODing off of heroin. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I mean, Bill Evans' death was... Shorter is little. This it little it's cut short a little bit. Uh, Scott Lafaro, even though he was more of, you know, background. Um, even Miles Davis was taken a little earlier than probably. He probably could have lived a little longer. I don't know. Sure. You know. I, it, yeah. It, I guess it, it, it depends. You how 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 broad you
1: are with the you know. Yeah, the, what that wave is because I I, I
0: I I guess you know I I guess yeah we're talking about like. I, I, I guess you're talking about more like that like hard bop, post bop type of crowd. So like, you know, like the the Freddie Hubbard's, the Herbie Hancocks of the world, the the Wayne Shorters, all all of whom except for Freddie Hubbard are still alive, but mm-hmm. um you know. Um you know, I, I I feel like a broken record because I bring this up every single time we talk about uh, you know, a recent passing, but this type of thing is we 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 sort of view this as unnatural but i think it's more because this is really the first time these type of things have happened because i think before this we really didn't have popular culture as we know it right now mm-hmm. uh just because you know it, it you know capitalism in its form right now didn't really exist you know 200 years ago or at least not in the same way it does now like where uh it feels like everything is being commodified Mm -hmm. and and art itself was was exceptionally commodified is now exceptionally commodified instead of being this um thing that often only the wealthy and powerful could interact with um you know so i i just think that it's 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 just kind of growing pains i guess that you know we, we we're, we're we're all sort of, I think a lot of people are struck dumb by this, and I mean, like you know, I, I can't say that a musician's death hasn't affected me because you know it it definitely has in the past. It's it's just that like I I think there's more perspective to it than uh, sort of what we're giving it, I guess. If that makes any sense, and I, I I don't say this to, uh, you know, disrespect the dead. That that that's that's not my intention here. It's just I I think there's um it I I think we often get swept up by uh by emotions by like very easily uh, given off emotions by powerful emotions, and I think it's important to sort of you know keep things in perspective. I guess.
1: Yeah, for sure, and it's certainly something that you know you make a great point. Uh, It's only going to get more. You know, more normal with time, so to speak. You know that yeah. as as we get older, because um, you know a lot of the big deaths that you know I've experienced, um, you know David Bowie comes to mind, for example. Mm-hmm. You know that wasn't really like I didn't grow up listening to David Bowie. You know what I mean? Like, I, or rather, I didn't grow up listening to him in his prime. Like you know my my parents and your know, aunt and you know who were, you know perhaps more affected. They actually were alive when he was becoming a thing whereas now obviously my first introduction was David Bowie it was David Bowie the legend or you know yeah. or you know, when I first listened to McCoy Tyner it was McCoy Tyner the you know hidden gem jazz band leader so i think certainly it'll be interesting going forward where it's you know like the first one that comes to mind you know Jacob Bannon from Converge or any of like the big metal frontmen or people mm. who put an impact on um, the genre that I grew up listening to when they were,
0: you know, contemporary musicians. I think that will yeah. be interesting. Exactly. I mean, like, you know, I I think I've said this before, but like, you know, I, I've been a Soundgarden fan since I was in high school and, you know, hearing about, you know, uh, Chris Cornell's death and, you know, his method of death as well, you know, was, was just... You know, it's it's something that still kind of haunts me, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same thing with, with Chester Bennington, as well, because those are both bands that, like, were, like, integral to me, you know, sort of growing as someone who listens to music. Uh, you know, so it, it's, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it just sucks, so.
1: Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's that's really what it boils down to. It just sucks.
0: Yeah. But, uh, you know, depending on your belief system and things like that i you know i i i I tend to think that you know they're not not exactly better off but more that they're sort of at peace that you know because you know the like oftentimes like i'm thinking about like aretha franklin you know even like when she passed you know she she had like just terminal cancer and things like that and you know i i just i tend to think that sometimes Death is death can be a relief, um, so yeah. yeah well, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm, r- 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 you you want to get any dark You want to talk about Gavarkin now too? No, no. But yeah,
1: for real, I mean, I think it, the, towards towards the end, you know, people deal with death differently, and, and yeah. it's it, it's great that they, were, you know, these musicians that we've talked about. We've done a number of episodes where we talked about great musicians who have passed away, you know, they left behind an incredible body of work to remember them by. And ultimately that's, you know, that's all
0: you can do. Hmm. Well, so. speaking of incredible musicians who left behind Ah, nice segue. I, mean, I know, I know great <laughs> f- fucking I I know. But we're really bad with segues or really good depending on how you think about it. Yeah, that's true. Um yeah, so last week we were talking about our own like sort of musical blind spots and you mentioned uh world music in general. Um and I asked you if you ever listened to Fella Cootie, and you had not. And uh, I thought this would be a great time to talk about Fella Cootie. So yeah. uh, this week we listened to uh, Zombie and Expensive Shit, um, which I just I just love the album title of. It, but oh, I love uh, the story behind it too.
1: Expensive. Oh, shit. Oh yeah,
0: I know. They, I well, I so did you watch the uh, the Afrobeat video? No, by any chance? I didn't. Uh, I was really I, hoping that, that you would have. I I, I kind of figured that you didn't. Uh, just because I, 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 know my scoots. So, uh, and you just, you know, you're, you're, you're a busy boy. So, um, but so fella, fella Ransom Cootie, I think that's, well, his, yeah, he, he has a huge name. Um, but so fella Cootie was this Nigerian musician who, um, apparently this is how the story goes that he was going to London to be a doctor. And then was so influenced by the jazz scene at the time there uh, that he decided to become a musician. Huh. And uh, so he pioneered what's known today as Afrobeat, which is sort of this fusion of like African traditional, you know, indigenous music with jazz with funk. You know, uh, it's it's a lot of a, it's a melange, if you will, of a lot of different uh, musical traditions. Sort of, you know. just I'll put together uh that that's only one side of the story though because he was notoriously political uh and very critical of the nigerian government uh to the point that he was apparently like arrested like something like over like 200 times <laughs> you know um and i mean the, the whole expensive shit story we'll get to that in a second but um you know so he spent his you know, basically his entire career criticizing the Nigerian government, and uh, to the point that I think they burned down his house before, if if, if I remember correctly. That uh, there's they, just all this shit. Like, in, I guess even today, his music is still banned by the Nigerian government. Really? Yeah. Um, so you know, he he, I there's there's a biography of his that I I really want to read at some point because he had the, like there are just so many interesting Fela stories out there, that Oliver from Deep Cuts, he only got to a couple of them. They were fucking insane. Uh, so, you know, just... Like... I don't need a little... Let's just talk about these albums, because I, you know, I really have only listened to Zombie. Uh, I listened to Expensive Shit for the first time this week. Um, and I, I really love... I loved Zombie. I love Expensive Shit, too, now. But uh, I, I just really like... Sort of how you, you know, just the way all of this was blended, but blended so well that it became something new in a way. Like it, it's, like it's not like um, you eat you know how sometimes there are like those hybrid genres that like you you can hear both sides of, and they don't really sound like a hybrid. Uh, mm, yeah, yeah. L- 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 like most noise rock, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, how how it's just example. like, yeah, l- 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 like like a Sonic Youth like that like, oh, they have rock on one side, but then they also like kind of gets screechy, you know? Like, (laughs) it's it's this whole thing. Um, You know, but I I think what made Felicudi's music so amazing was that he was able to take all this and just blend it so seamlessly together. Uh, But I I really want to turn it over to you because I really want to hear your thoughts on this.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so I think the reason this came up last episode is I had mentioned I was getting really into... Uh, Afrobeat in the UK right now. There's a lot of young groups and band leaders who are taking these traditions, you know, very um, influences from funk, from traditional African music, uh, from just kind of contemporary jazz, a little bit of new jazz and doing pretty interesting things with it Um, and It's definitely become its own It's something where there's a lot of people sharing Ideas And once that starts to happen, it, there's not as many innovators or there's not as many people that stand out um, Like I think, you know, Theon Cross is probably One of the more unique voices just because of what he brings with tuba and whatnot um, But all that to say that listening to this it's always fun when you hear someone you hear a genre innovator or you hear just a really influential artist and all of the contemporary music you've, you've heard kind of clicks like everything that I've heard from the UK scene recently or the last couple of years or so makes so much sense now. Mm-hmm. Um, because th- literally, it, th- this is just that, except it came out several decades ago. It, it's, yeah. it's crazy how much... Um, it, like this, it hasn't changed in a way. Yeah, it was just it, it's cr- crazy how much they clearly just took from... You know, and obviously they do different things, you know, a lot of electronic elements, a lot of, you know, more modern... Techniques and production, obviously, but just the like you said, the core of what this style was and and, and is is still, um, you know, it, it's, it's very still much the same. Yeah, it's still very much drawing from this blueprint, and I have to say, the, the blueprint that he laid is fantastic. Uh, I, yeah. I will say, um, I think I agree with you that, or I forget exactly what you said was your favorite. But um, I, I think Zombie, I prefer over expensive shit just because I thought expensive shit was a little short. Um, yeah. And I, that was something else I noticed is that it didn't really matter to me that it was there were such long songs. Because they were just so fun. They were like so full of yeah. energy. And it felt like it went on for just the perfect amount of time. It, it, it was really, really like invigorating and you could feel because i i didn't look into the lyrics i got the sense maybe i'm wrong but he wasn't singing in english um but you could very much feel the the energy and especially the political energy and obviously the um you know reading some of the stories behind it and and the the cover art uh for zombie in particular um a lot of passion and i feel like it's interesting to listen to something in a different context today. I'm sure he meant a lot to people back in the day in Nigeria. You know, for he still means a lot. No, for sure. You know, for sure, like I know. Nigeria, I think I saw but... saw that they do a um, an annual festival called uh, I forget what they called. It, it was a, like a, a play on words on his name. Um, but yeah, this, the, both of these were excellent. Like I said, I, I liked that zombie was a bit longer. That they explored a few a few different themes. Throughout the four tracks versus the two, but just really, really great album. I was was very glad that you recommended I listen to them.
0: Listen yeah, to them. No, I, I'm, I I thought you would really like them because they they're just like even though they there's a lot of you know like political outrage on it, uh, and I I think he does sing in English by the way. I, I, okay. I just think he is. Yeah, I think he has a very heavy Nigerian accent. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, because you can hear, like you know, like on Mister Follow Follow, you, you can you can hear him saying that. Oh yeah, that's right. There were other Mr. parts. Follow that fe- Follow. Yeah. There were other parts that I felt were um,
1: were more um, obscure. There was a bit more of a, a call and response kind of vocal. to
0: Yeah. It. Um, yeah, I. I'm not gonna say it's it's you know, it, like you know, easy to understand. Uh, you know, like exactly what he's saying. Uh, and I mean. I think there's, you know, the, the, I think this is a case of sort of like the medium is the message. Yeah. Too that, that, like, I feel like part of his, you know, part of gathering all these, all this instrumentation together was, you know, part of, part of his whole idea. It was, it was sort of like, you know, so, sort of the way he was, he was trying to say this in a way. Um, and I, I mean, I, I am not knowledgeable about, you know, African governments. Um, Amazingly, right? That's that's not one of your uh, (laughs) your not one of my, yeah, not one of my specialties. Didn't go to college for that, Um, (laughs) but I mean, it's the thing. Like, like the little I do know of it, I mean, it's it's pretty fucked up. Um, Mm A lot of a lot of warlords and a lot of corruption, you know. Um, But yeah, I I think just the music though was just so invigorating. And just alive. Uh-huh. That I, I just love that about it. And like, I, I really liked how it's like, just sort of this. The, like, this is always what I wanted a jam band to sound like. I guess, uh-huh. <laughs> like, because you know, like the idea of a jam band has always interested me. Of like, just having a band that just kind of just plays for like an hour or even longer than that, doing a lot of these like improvised sets. You know and just sort of seeing where the rhythm takes them and then you actually listen to it and it's really disappointing <laughs> <laughs> whereas this i mean and to be fair they, we're talking about something that's more you know jazz influenced than you know what like rock and then like a regular jam rock band um but like it, it just felt like the, like it was all it, it just felt very natural mm-hmm. i guess uh yeah, it was just a, it was a fun listen. I really enjoyed listening to them again. I, I really want to, you know, start buying some of his stuff uh hopefully in a couple of weeks because I, I should be done with my Eurorack system very soon. So Nice. You know. Yeah, crossing fingers here, but um yeah, no, that I this is a great little thing to listen to and I um I also want to point out, because uh Oliver in his Afrobeat video uh I think he, he so I think Because it was, like, five albums to get you into Afrobeat. And I think the final one was an album that came out, like, in 2011. And he even admitted that he was not a big fan of it. But he included it because it was very, like, its sound was very close to, you know, this type of sound that was going on in the 70s. You know, that is just, his point was just, like, you know, that this is sort of the staying power of this type of music yeah that absolutely. it's 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 just that amazing of uh concept i guess so uh expensive shit <laughs> just i i've read that that apparently this is so apparently this is based on um Felicuti apparently being uh the like planted a joint you know by nigerian police and he ate it, and the police arrested him and basically waited for him to crap it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, than, from what I read,
1: that he was able to like take some poop from from someone else, yeah, uh, someone else, and use that as his yeah. alibi. Which, like, this is the story I didn't know I needed in my life. Um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, that th- that's the thing, man. Like, just some of that stuff. Like, I mean like i i I feel like we tend to gloss it over a lot you know like you know we have a movie like blood diamond you know Mm. that like you know maybe sort of brings a little bit of reality to it but still it's very glossed over you know you you have dicaprio with a british accent and like all this shit but like you really don't get to like the heart of like something like that like like that's something that, that you could only hear from like an album like this i think yeah, for sure. And I think yeah. you mentioned earlier how, um,
1: I kind of this is an offshoot of what you were saying, this would have been, would have been amazing to see him play live. You know, I, I know there, oh, are, yeah. there are people doing this style of music live, and I'm sure people playing, you know, at the annual festival, I, I mentioned, you know, doing his songs live. But to actually see him doing it, I mean, it must have been...
0: There's got to be video somewhere. I, sure. I definitely want to see that because, like, I mean, he was playing sax and doing vocals at the same time and, like, you know, he's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah, so, and, and
1: this was tailor-made for a live setting. Like, I, I
0: can imagine... Oh, yeah. Know. Well, I I mean, th- that's kind of the origin of music, though. Yeah, I mean, just that's the true. origin of art in general. Like, you know, talk about, like, you know, literary... Like, literature's origins was, you know, oral poetry. You know, telling the stories of history. hmm You know, and, and, you know, at one time they were all kind of, like, just, like, the same thing. You know, that it was kind of this giant performance, you know, and I, now it's kind of, you know, I, I, it, it's sort of gone in all these different directions, sort of forked off, uh, sort of fractalized, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's definitely something that, like, it's it's just, again, it, it's very alive. Absolutely. And like, yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I really, I can't think of a higher compliment than that. Cause like you know you remember um, Fantana's review for the, the Little Zan album, yeah. <laughs> that yeah like I yeah like it's going to tie in. Well, no, because he's like you know I music is supposed to make you feel alive, and oh yeah, to him Little Zan basically was was just like the musical equivalent of someone being in a coma. I mean, um, he's not wrong. I I haven't listened to Little Xans, so I can't really say either way. But I, I, I can see myself probably not enjoying it. So I mean, it's lazy even for by like it's mumble rap, mumble standards. rap. So yeah, like that's not you yeah, know that's, yeah, a, that's a pretty
1: setting the bar a little lower. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that's a pretty low
0: bar and a not clear, and he didn't even clear it. So, yeah. um, but you know, just like that, that, that idea that you know, just music is is you know sort of a way of enjoying life uh-huh. you know um yeah so Felicudi uh i definitely want to read they there's a biography is, like i said i really want to read that at some point if i if i hadn't just bought like five books in like the last 3 days uh i would be all over it right now but <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh that is that so we have, we have one more little thing that we're going to be talking about um, that I, I'm calling expensive shit. Um, yeah, d- 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 just because I think it's kind of funny, and that, that that's sort of how this came upon us last week. Yeah, it was a <laughs> just...
1: total total accident. You are just kind of riffing, and, and this idea came up. Well, I.
0: So no, it was we were talking about what to do afterwards, and I was like, "Oh, we should listen to Fela Cootie, and then I was looking up like other Fela ups, and I just said out loud expensive shit, and he's like, "Oh," and you're like, "Oh yeah, we we should we 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 should talk about that too." I'm like, "Talk about what?" <laughs> like,
1: "Oh yeah," and then you were like, "Oh, but that's the name of the owl." Oh, that's yeah. yeah, That was a really
0: funny conversation.
1: <laughs> that was, I knew, I knew I, it I, came I, up organically in our conversation somehow.
0: Yeah. Uh. So basically, we were talking about like sort of if we had the money uh like what would we buy like because there is some music out there that is just inaccessible be I, not not because of uh the difficulty of its music just so hard but to it, it's it's hard to either hard to find or it's just incredibly expensive mm-hmm. um so we thought it'd be cool to talk about like each of us we talked about three um you know like releases that we would buy if if money weren't an option, like weren't uh an issue. Mm-hmm. So do you want to just go back and forth with these? Yeah, I, th- I think that makes sense. Okay, so what, why don't you go first? So,
1: yeah, so this was a little bit harder than I thought it'd be, only because there were some albums I thought were a lock, and then I just I checked on Discogs, and they actually are pretty affordable. <laughs> yeah, um, or, or they're they're relatively. Um, affordable. Like, it's not, you know, I could, maybe I wouldn't really want to spend the money on it. And one of these, I, I bent that definition just a little bit, only because um, it, there's you know, there's a story behind it, so to speak. Uh, but the one that immediately came to mind and fits this definition to a, a T is uh, Thrulls sort metal by Ulver. So, back in 2014, I was in college, and... This was announced. It was a special uh, box set. They had a CD version and a vinyl version of the. Uh, I forget what the, what what is in, in Norwegian, but essentially it's the, the called the trilogy. You know, three journeys through the Norwegian Netherworld. And it is their first three albums because also you know, if you know over at all, they have changed pretty significantly.
0: <laughs> just just a little just a little bit.
1: Know. They went from yeah. kind of a neo folk black metal band to doing all types of different experimental music, you know, kind of rude and electronics, and kind of a really stark shift too. Like there was really no indication from their last album. They released three, you know, well-known albums in the black metal world, uh Berg-Tot, which was one of the first fusions of, like, kind of what you would call pagan black metal, like fusions of folk music and atmospheric black metal kind of influenced bands like Wolves in the Throne Room and that whole Cascadian scene. You have a mm. g- g- singer I'm not getting any of these right, um, but that one was very much a straightforward folk album. And then you had Natten's Madrigal, which was just raw, like, ripping black metal. And I remember they released it, it was on silver vinyl, beautiful packaging, awesome artwork, and in general... You don't really see these albums individually at all, like in stores, and I'm sure you could call them Discogs for them, uh, but they've been out of print for a while officially, and in Euros, I think it was around 150 bucks for the box set. But that's that, not horrible, That's but not yeah, horrible, but that's still a lot of money, and I was in college at the time, and obviously it's going to be a, more expensive in U.S. dollars, and it was shipped by... Um, only their European labels. So also you would have to pay out the ass for shipping.
0: Oh yeah. Oh my God. International shipping. Like Um, I, I I feel like I could bitch for like a half hour on international shipping, but yeah. And and it really, (laughs) first world problems, (laughs) but,
1: but, but I, you know, shelved it and they sold out, which I wasn't surprised. And I was like, like, you know, I guess that that's fine. And I checked today. I haven't thought about it. You know, this, this made me think about it. Um, You know, again for the first time in a while, and of course now on Discogs, I think the cheapest one is like two hundred and something dollars, which isn't surprising. But it would be awesome to own those albums, and specifically to own this version. I mean, that was some of the most impactful um, black metal and black metal adjacent releases um, ever ever released, and it's just the three excellent albums and it would have been awesome to but at the same time like i don't blame myself i was a college student and like that was a lot of money just to drop yeah. on
0: on music uh so I, I mean i i've i think i've almost spent that amount of money before on a single like music release <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: and it, <laughs> it felt a little you know because it was a box set maybe you know like
1: maybe i could have justified it a little bit but i still i was like i i don't, I don't know like i just yeah. And it, part of me wishes I would just pulled the trigger because now, you know, obviously I wouldn't have felt the pain of spending that much money, and you know, I would own it. But, you know, at some point I'd like to buy those albums because they're really, um, they're incredibly unique. You know, for their time, they were, they were very ahead of their time for, you know, all the different things they tried to do. Like, it was raw black metal, but still discernible. Like, it was yeah. produced in a way that was, you know, still really good and wasn't just under, like, a, an obscure, you know, Horrendous production cloud, and, but um, it's also just unique and interesting to, to listen to these albums. And be like, this band doesn't sound anything like this anymore. It's still one of the weirdest transformations of, of any band I'm aware of. Like it's just it's it's just it's such a one hundred and eighty from what they'd done before. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that was definitely that's definitely one that I, I wish I owned in my collection. And, and if money were no option. I would just drop the two hundred bucks and be like, "Well, you know, let's do it. Why not?"
0: Yeah, I, I get you, man. Uh, so for me, it's the thing. That, like, so basically, uh, long story short, I, I didn't really write any down. Uh, I I've pretty much spent the last week in uh, a very deep, dark depression. So um, I I really haven't given a whole lot of thought to these I any more than I usually do. Um, so, but the the when we were talking about this, there were a couple that entered my mind and probably the biggest one is uh, Birdseed by White House.
1: Oh yeah, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, because I mean, I, I'm I'm on Discogs right now uh, just, just to see how much it is now. And you know what? M- maybe if it's not too much, I might just buy it right here right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it's $45 for the LP uh, and that ships from Japan. Uh, so they don't even have the CDs for sale right now. So I guess they're, they're that rare. uh Though they do have them out on CD. Uh, I would love to get a copy of that just just because, like, I I mean part of it is like, you know, kind of the rarity factor. But like, there's something about having like noise music and like power electronics music on CD that's just awesome. Just being able to just put it on just like that because like I, I mean I don't know about you but. I, I don't like having to comb through YouTube trying to find individual tracks. Yes. No, absolutely. It's, not, it's, not one of
1: my favorite things. It sucks when you can't find something, you know, in real life, you know, physically, but then also, like, you can't even stream it. So it's like, man, I really just have to
0: I have yeah. to go totally off the grid for this shit. Oh, it's, it's so frustrating. Well, <laughs> the frustrating thing is that uh, Technic White House, the, their music is streaming, just not in this country.
1: That, if I remember I correctly. Even, I don't even get that, honestly. I,
0: I, I could be wrong, but I, I remember seeing it on, like, I, Apple Music and, like, iTunes and stuff like that for, you know, like, the UK. Um, which, I I, I I think it has something to do with, you know, record label permissions. Uh, but I've never really seen White House as much of a label band, if you will. Yeah, that,
1: that's a little odd.
0: <laughs> um, So... There's that. But, um, yeah, I, I just think it's a really cool album. Uh, I, I think it's, you know, it, it's now, I, I don't think I've ever actually listened to the entire thing uh, just because I haven't been able to, you know, find the individual tracks. Like, the I, I've actually, so this is kind of related to what we've been talking about today. Um, Felicuti's son, Femi Akuti, um has an album out called uh, Shoki Shoki that he released in, like, the 90s. Uh, that I really wanted to listen to and so I ended up going through YouTube and just finding the individual tracks and just listening to it that way and it was it was so good but it's just like totally it's so frustrating to, to have to do that uh, and yeah. just to listen to this freaking and, and I mean I, I, I guess this is a lot I mean we're, we're very blessed to be able to even do that you know because I mean 20 years ago we wouldn't have even known about it yeah exactly <laughs> like, i mean so. you know, this
1: this is peak you know probably our most white people's problem segment to date but it's still you know it's fun to talk about yeah you know yeah. It's, it's still you know it, it, we all have those albums like man like i wish i that one time i wish i had bought it when i saw it or like man every time i go to the store i just i can never see you know i never see yeah it. oh um, yeah
0: no i so so what, what do you have up next then
1: so it's funny you mentioned the youtube thing because that was actually something i was going to bring up is that uh when I decided I was going to talk about this one and I wanted to give it a spin, uh, I had to go on YouTube. And, and thankfully, I mean, it's a popular enough album that there's plenty of unofficial YouTube streams of it, but there's no official stream that I could find. Um, and that is uh, Fun Crusher Plus by oh. Company Flow. You know, that was one of the first... Um, it might have been LP's first group, because obviously he went on to...
0: no Well, I don't know if... He, yeah, it could have been his first group... Uh, I mean, he he got his... I think he got his start with Cannibal Ox, though, like, producing for them. I think
1: Cannibal... Yeah, I don't know what the sequence is. My gut says Cannibal Ox came after just because... um, I'm I'm looking this up. I'm looking this um, shit up. At least the Cold Vein sounds more polished than uh, Fun Crusher Plus. So, you know, Fun Crusher Plus is very... You know, it's more raw. It's more experimental than um, Cannibal Ox. But, yeah, I mean, this is super abstract hip-hop. Uh, this was the... F- I think, if I remember correctly, this was the first release that I, you know, I used to print out. Every time I went to the CD store, I had a list of albums I wanted. I used to, you know, print it out in, in advance. Uh, I remember you know, doing that, too. How, how um, things have changed. Um, yeah. But... I, I don't regret it, though. <laughs> yeah. It's, the, it's, Definitely, I appreciate being a little bit more high-tech these days. Yeah. Um, but... It just it was one that i wanted so badly because it just it was so cool and i think mainly uh at the time i was really getting into hip-hop uh mike c town uh posted about it heard him post about it but he
0: did a video about it and, and talked about it um, oh, you're right by the way uh cold vein came out in 2001 and fun crusher plus came out in 1997
1: yeah the only reason i thought i you know i had no idea either way I just it's it definitely yeah. fun crusher plus sounds um rough it sounds older um to my ears and it's just it, it's, it's a definitely more abstract raw version of what he eventually did on the cold thing which I bought for a pretty good price at Newbury Comics um, a couple of months ago otherwise I probably would have picked that one because up until recently that one wasn't really in stores that much I think it got reissued and it became less you know less of a rarity um, yeah. So people were more comfortable selling it because like the the value went down. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know the the ins and outs of how the market works. Uh, the CD market works, but it's it, it's a very a very cool album that I, I looked up on Discogs and it is indeed available um, pretty regularly. Or, or it's it's a pretty easy album to buy, but I think. When I did the math, including shipping, even shipping within the U.S., uh, the cheapest CD copy was close to like forty, fifty bucks. Yeah. So I mean, even then, yeah, I good. I could easily drop spend that amount of money, but to spend it on one album, it just it feels, to me, I, I try not to sp- spend that much on on one release, just because ultimately, you know, it's cool to have in your collection, but you're not going to listen to it that much, in the grand scheme of things. I think
0: maybe I don't know. I like I know there are a couple albums like. The next one i'm going to talk about that uh i would probably listen to all the time if if i had a copy of it um which is uh pierre brotsman's machine gun
1: oh that's a great
0: one yeah but i don't know if they oh okay they they do have it on cd yeah they they have a couple of them on cd oh wait and for sale for 18 bucks hold on a sec scott (laughs) no no i'm just (laughs) just shitting you um yeah see i'm looking at these and these are like 35 bucks oh wait the, the, there's one that's very good, plus for eighteen bucks. So you know, <laughs> maybe maybe I'll do that. Maybe I, I I really I would love that. I especially like they have a um they have those uh the complete machine gun sessions ones, which I really like to get because like I love all of the tracks in that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's such it's such an important album for me, and it just I just find it really weird that it's never really been like reissued. Again, yeah I find that really weird because that I feel like that he has become
1: you know he's had his own renaissance of sorts you know with his yeah. his newer solo stuff, so I feel like that's like the perfect you know labels like to see people care about him and also they would care enough about one of his classic albums to buy it and I feel like he totally fits that box
0: yeah yeah it it's it is strange my i i I really like again i it, it could be um uh, label permissions you know because i think at the time this came out you know i i'm trying to remember because i i know derek bailey and evan parker started Incas records i think uh that was like their own little like label and so like i, I it doesn't seem out of the question that brosman probably would have like released on something of his own label I, i'm not really sure it's just very yeah uh, th- 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 there are a couple of those albums that are just like, why doesn't this? <laughs> you know, like, why? <laughs> yeah, just like, like, shut up and
1: take my money, but not. Yeah, like, but exactly. But not, not that much money. Let's, yeah. you know, what I mean, like, shut up and take I, a, re- I mean, a reasonable I, amount of my money.
0: To, to be fair, I, I, I would, I would actually pay for. I, I, I would pay a hefty penny for for a copy of Machine Gun. so Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's just me. Uh, Okay. Well, what's your final one? So I wanted to pick. The, you know, I was going through. I have a
1: list of metal classics that I, you know I can never fucking find in stores. Um, yeah. And I was trying to pick which one I wanted to, um, which one I wanted to pick, and, and I didn't even look if this one was available for a decent price on Discogs because this one, again, there's a bit of a story behind it because. There are often times, you know, where you, you I'm looking through where we, you know, the way Bull moves the CD store we go to, sets things up, where you don't see the title card, and you're like, oh, okay, so they, they probably don't have it, and then you look and you see that it's either not there, or like, yeah, it's just, it's it's in a stack of cards on the shelf. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the, you know, obviously they haven't had a CD there for a while. But it seems every time I go to look for this band, their section card is full, I'm like, oh, shit, they might have it, and then it's one of their newer, shittier releases, and i'm like fuck man (laughs) like really so it's just it's weird that every single time like i was gonna say suffocation except i found um effigy the forgotten and pierce from within randomly at at a a cd store the other uh, yeah yeah and we we talked
0: about it which i i humbly let you buy i know i I can't no i i i I think i put it back i'm forever in your debt yeah okay but, no, they, they, I think the, the, this, this makes us even for the whole Rush twenty one twelve incident. Oh, uh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but even with
1: that one, there were times where suffocation's title card is empty. But like, it seems every time I go to look for this band's album, it's it's gone. And that is uh, unleashed, and if the album is where no life dwells. Uh, this is a weird band for me because I loved like when I was first getting into death metal. I just looked at. Um, Decibels like top hundred death metal songs of all you know albums of all time, and that one just really stuck out to me. And I listened to it on Spotify a ton. I just thought it was it just was an awesome like cavernous evil death metal, and I loved the cover art. I loved everything about it. And you know this is when I was pretty new to death metal, and they never have their early because they have two albums that are good. Then they became like the lamest version of Viking metal. Um, <laughs> like and you know I don't want to be a, a dick, but just like I just don't. I'm not interested in that at all, and those are the only the only CDs they have from Unleashed are like their subpar Viking Metal releases, and it's just like, man, can't, can't they, can't they just, some the one death metal fan who cares enough about Unleashed because they're kind of a, a, you know, a deep cut type of death metal yeah. band, um, and you know that's somewhat of a stand-in for any number of metal albums that I've you know, classics that I've wanted under, over the years that I probably could find on Discogs for a shit ton of money. But that one just sticks out to me because I've looked for it and it just always there's always that glimmer of hope when I go to the metal section and then it's like dashed away. So
0: I actually wanted to see this because um Yeah, it's unleashed uh where w- no where no life lot no yeah. life dwells. Uh five sixty six
1: on on Discogs. Okay, I I want to clarify I didn't check if it was
0: um I, didn't check I mean they they're, they're a little more expensive I think when we're looking at CDs. Um for some reason. No, no. Um <laughs> I mean, I I don't know how so I I mean, some of these are like, you know, shipping from like, you know, Slovakia, so. Um. Okay, so maybe I'll have to look after. But yeah, you you really should because the, the the these seem like the perfect price for you. So if you want it on CD anyway, I definitely do. So I will do yeah. that
1: when we hang out. Yeah. I think. maybe yeah. I, I didn't check on that one just because I had the story behind it where like it feels like whenever I go to the CD store, it just isn't. Yeah, you are you, waiting for like that one time. It's all it's like that false hope because I always prefer to buy stuff in you know in the store in the flesh just so I can see it. Because uh, not that yeah. I not that I've been burned that many times, but. Um, I just usually you end up paying more because of shipping, which you know, it it, it is what it is,
0: but I I try to pay
1: as as little as I can.
0: See, I I, I, I tend to like, know what I want to buy in a way, so like, I I don't mind paying a little extra for shipping on Discogs, because you know, like, there's stuff I want to get that is just not going to be at Bull Moose. Like, you know, like, it's still surprising that Bull Moose has like, you know, like, Merzabah albums and stuff like that, but like, they even have a limit to their own Merzbau stuff, mm-hmm. and like you know, uh, which I was thinking of of putting down uh, Paul Stemon for this third one, mm-hmm. um, but I feel like I mean kind of redundant just talking about more noise music. Um, this is uh, a, a box set that I've never listened to before, but I've really been interested in. It's uh, basically the complete uh, string works of uh, Brian Ferneyhough. He's a um, composer of uh, what's called a uh, new complexity, basically, and it's just—I mean, it's—it's it's pretty much as as the title sounds. It's—it's it's just make things as difficult as possible to compose,
1: uh-huh.
0: and I—I I mean, I can't even go into the details of it because it's just like music theory out the wazoo, uh-huh. if you will. Um, but. You know, I've listened to some of his work, and it's super dissonant and weird. And like, I just like I love weird classical music. So, you know, I really like. I want to get. I would love to get a copy of this, but like, there's literally one for sale right now on Discogs, and it's seventy-seven dollars. It it's only three CDs.
1: That is a bit. That's a bit much.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I I think part of this is that it's only. Um, I came out from a label in France. So it, it could just be that, like, I might just have to go to their, you know, their store or something like that and, and get it from there. But I, I think this is, like, a limited edition type of thing. So not totally sure, though. Yeah,
1: yeah I mean, I, I feel like that's ultimately what it boils down to is that um, I feel like the luxury of having... Because before, like, Discogs or anything like that, like, if you didn't find it, you didn't find it. Like, I, I honestly don't even know how you would...
0: You would... You, so, the, I mean, you could... Like, there are... I think there were publications that you could go to. Like, I think if you went to, like, a record store, they would probably know other record stores that would, who would also know other record stores. And you sure. could probably, you know, uh, sit, you know, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon your way yeah. into an <laughs> album if you will <laughs> yeah
1: and I guess to an extent some of the albums that we're looking for at one point were current so like it wasn't you know it wasn't as weird to see a copy lying around whereas now you know 20 plus years later it's a yeah. little bit more rare but I think the, what I was I was starting to say is that the, the, the premium for having all this stuff available is that people know that people know that you know it is kind of a luxury that you can go online and buy stuff and oh, yeah. kind it's, of gouge
0: each, gouge each other out and it's fucking ridiculous I mean like you know I I didn't bring it up, you know, in one of my three, but uh, the self-titled Daughters Album. <laughs> like, yes, I remember like, you sent me, like, it was what, like a thousand, it was some yeah, absurd album. It, it, it was like $900, that. and it's like, oh, who in their right mind yeah, would buy why that? Why would you even list that? Like, nobody's yeah. gonna buy that.
1: I, even, like, a Daughters Super fan, like, it's, I mean, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. I, I feel like no rational person will be like, yeah, I'm gonna spend, like, close to a thousand dollars on like, one album.
0: Like, I mean, it's like, I, I love John Zorn, but, like, I'm not going to spend that type of money for an album. It's like, no. I, I, that's fine. I'm not going to listen to it. You yeah, know? Exactly. If, if that's, if that's the case. Like, exactly. Like, I, I, I might be petty when, when it comes to, you know, paying willing, being willing to pay uh, stupid amounts of money for music. But, like, I, I, even I have a limit. <laughs> so. uh, All right. Well, let's talk about uh, Albums of the Week. So, uh. Scoots, you got an album of the week for me? I do indeed,
1: and um, this is an album that you have me on tenor hooks, sir. <laughs> I, I just, I just know what you're going to say, and I have a specific way I want to get through this.
0: I, you know what? Honestly, like I, I, after after the whole you know Jesus is King uh, thing, I, I, I you know i i feel like you've broken me so it doesn't really matter (laughs)
1: so before i get into it just because as soon as i start explaining this um you're gonna know what album it is so i'm just gonna say it uh tame and paula the slow rush Uh, okay (laughs) really i explained to elaine that the perfect narrative for this album is you're in a gorgeous seaside Italian village and it's it's a beautiful like picturesque scene and you see this immaculately designed gelato shop and the guy in the street says oh it's the best gelato in the in the, the country it's amazing you go in the inside smells amazing everything looks great you go up to the counter and it's just you can't wait to order it you look at the menu the only flavor is vanilla and that is that is what this album sounds like it is a really polished good enjoyable pleasant very one note energy album what i failed to mention is vanilla is my favorite flavor (laughs) so and i will say this album there are definitely hills you know there are hills and valleys like the songs that are great in this are some of my favorite leo synth pop (laughs) songs are some of my favorite synth pop songs of the last several years. Uh, Lost in Yesterday is fantastic. Breathe Deeper is fantastic. Um, it just—you a- literally
0: could not have described that
1: better. I know, like I just when I was thinking, how am I going to explain it? I was like, yeah, that's that's the best way to put it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but it is just, and there are some songs that, that it lags a little bit, and I think the key with this music is you have to. Like if you don't create that infectious groove or that create that like really enticing vibe from the get-go, you just it kind of just doesn't work. And there are some songs that struggle a little bit with that. But overall, it's a really fun album. And I think what solidified for me how much I like this is I re-listened to Currents and the negative aspects that I described about Tame Paula's music I feel like are much more prevalent on Currents. So this, the Slow Rush, feels like an improvement of what he was trying to do with Currents, and it's definitely a more enjoyable project as a result of of focusing more on... Because I think he wanted to... He started out as like a psych rock and psych pop band, and then he really embraced the synth pop on Currents, but just not fully. And finally in the Slow Rush, he's, yeah, like I'm a synth pop band. That's what I'm doing now. So, yeah, kind of a surprise, because the more I listen to it, I just... You know, when you listen to an album, you're like, oh, like, I don't like this. Like, this stinks. And then you're like, yeah, I'll listen to it again just to confirm. At least yeah. that's what I do. And then, like, I just kept listening, and I was like, I kind of like this. <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely, I don't know how high up it will rank on my list. I don't even know if it'll make my list, because I think the thing with pop albums is that the hit, the singles and the hits from the album can kind of... Um, Overshadow. Yeah, they can go because you, you think more about those, but when you actually listen to the album, you're like this overall is not as great a project, and I think that'll come to bite in the butt in the end, but it, it, it's just, it's a fun, great pop album, and I'm really glad that I I'm really glad that I gave it more of a shot, because I'm um, I, I definitely like it I like I don't know if it'll push really far up in my top 50, or if it'll make, make it at all but it's definitely a fun album
0: <laughs> Well, that, that's good, no, like, see, I, I... I like it when people, you know, end up liking something that they weren't initially hot on. Like, I mean, I I feel like most music that I adore now was music I hated, like, five years ago. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I, kind of like that, just, like, being open to change type Mm -hmm. of thing. And, uh, you know, interestingly enough, I actually have a similar pick. Oh! uh, Just in terms of... Uh, this was, like, an artist that I really wasn't interested in uh, at first, and I ended up listening to an album of theirs this week that really kind of changed my mind about them, and that's uh, There Is Love In You by uh, Fortet.
1: Oh, cool.
0: Yeah. Uh, because I think the the only Fortet album I listened to was that, uh, was that one that, that you really liked? It was Oh, jeez. Like... I know. Um...
1: Um, <laughs> it, I think it's, like, Night and Day or... It's yeah. Like... Yeah, that one I bought on vinyl, and it's funny, like, I don't think I've ever had an album where the first time through, I was like, this is great, and the second time through, I was like, this is awful. Yeah, (laughs) uh, it's morning,
0: evening, yeah, Yeah, I I, I was just not a fan of that, and, uh, you know, Fortet's always been one of those producers who, you know, always has, like, that, you know, sort of legendary name, Mm -hmm. I I guess, like, like, that, like, when I think of modern electronic producers, like... Fortet is up there mm-hmm. most of the time, um, you know, mostly because I uh, people really like rounds, uh, which I again I really just haven't listened. I, part of this I haven't really listened to a lot of like indietronica, and that, that that's usually what they consider Fortet. I even though I kind of disagree with that labeling, um, but I, I put on "There Is Love in You" early this week, and it was it was amazing. Like this is kind of what I wish like against all logic sounded like <laughs> i guess because like the it, you know it, it has kind of like that dancey type of vibe to it mm-hmm. but there's just so much detail put into yes. the overall production of it and it's just it's just so gorgeous of an album to listen to yeah um like i mean i i think i even listened to the like to the bonus tracks on this thing or just uh maybe a few of them uh because i like the one, the version on Apple Music has like an extra hour of of content because it's all like all fucking remixes and stuff. Yeah, uh, which is not really my my jam. But there are a couple bonus tracks on it. But yeah, this is really cool. Uh, it's folktronica that, that that's not tronica, or is, is there is there a difference?
1: <laughs> you know what? They're both dumb. So I'm gonna say. Yeah. No.
0: Oh yeah. No no. I I total agreement there. But. Um, <laughs> you know, but I I really enjoyed this album to the point that like I would probably buy this if I saw it, e- even if it was like a new copy. Um, just I like it's it's just a very lush, feel good album. Yeah, m- much m- much like Tam and Paula was for you. So
1: no, I mean I I love that album a lot. Yeah, like, it's it's I remember first hearing. uh Um,
0: she just likes to play. Yeah, that one. It was
1: on. Of all movies, Project X, which was a movie that makes so much sense that I loved in late high school and early college. And it makes well, so much why sense. do
0: I remember that for some reason? And it
1: makes so much sense that now when I think
0: about it, I just Oh I just, right, I, right, right. It's yeah, yeah the, 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 the the party, the super party. Yeah,
1: yeah. It makes so much sense that I just I cringe so much now. Um, <laughs> because when I think about just what that movie was about, it's like, oh my gosh, like it's just
0: so bad (laughs) Um, i i there are so many movies like that like that are just and not even like because i I, i'm assuming you're you're thinking of like more like problematic politics in it
1: no just just because it's it's just such a it's not even that it's just such a mean-spirited movie like it's just nothing it's just everything that happens in it is ultimately just like bad it just you know the house gets destroyed their futures get destroyed during the party it's just like Unfunny, yeah. unfunny debauchery. Like when you look at it from a macro macro perspective, you're like, everything about this is awful. Like, just <laughs> like from like a human perspective, like this is a terrible situation.
0: That <laughs> it, it's it's it, it's like it, it's like it, it's uh and it's always sunny in Philadelphia episode, but it's but it's but, re- but, it's but it's, it, that, it's, it's actually not, for real. <laughs> yeah, but,
1: and it's not because it's actually based on a real thing. I, obviously, the the narrative that they have didn't
0: actually happen. But the idea of someone throwing a party to that scale did actually happen yeah um, um yeah no i i kind of get that i'm trying to think because like i i used to love that movie wanted but i, I it, like i i think i would probably hate it if i watched it again nowadays mm-hmm. um yeah but anyway so uh that has been our episode this week we're gonna be back next week we love you hugs and kisses smooch 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 all that great <laughs> stuff but <laughs> so bye thanks for listening Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, We're on all of it. Uh, If you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you.
1: And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to
0: talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at at Cishore Podcast on Twitter and our email I think is at podcast at gmail.com and uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah,
1: appreciate it a lot.
0: Bye.